Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, dear friends, as always, to Navigate with IDNN. It's such an honor and privilege to be here, to share with you and also to learn from you. I want to say a big thank you to each and every one of you who reached out various ways and various forms, especially those that surprised me by asking for the expense tracker. Just like I said to you, via mail, we'll collate all and then have a one-stop shop where we can ship to everyone. So pardon me if I cannot just uh, attend to yours immediately and just send it to you. would like to have a bouquet of sorts so that we reap the benefits of it in a more uh, succinct way than just, you know, putting it in staccato. Friends, I must say that I'm quite elated that people are actually reaching out and that the topic personal financial planning is making some sense to some. And I don't know if others are deliberately just shying away from it or living in denial. Whichever way, I'd like to ask you to please do me the honors by ensuring that you plan for your future and the future starts now. Just in case you're a new listener on the program, I want to bid you welcome. And I'm grateful to God Almighty for the gift of life. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to share, to learn, and also to unlearn some things that I may have done in the course of my journey. It's been over three decades of my privileged opportunity to work as an individual, to serve as a corporate executive, and more importantly, to be a chief servant to many. I just know that in life, so many things come at you. But then, if we don't have a good descriptor, then we'll ultimately fall into the trappings of the environment and all what life may present or throw at you. But you can cushion it. And that's why in this particular segment of the business school on radio, we're looking at personal financial planning because it takes a healthy mind to have a healthy body and it takes a healthy body to have a very healthy living. I'll just, by way of a recap, as I always do, go a step you know, uh, in retro, and then come forward with what we've been talking about under the very guided auspices of personal financial planning. If you recall, I started by talking about the payday to payday treadmill that you need to keep on running. But if you keep running and you don't have a destination, you don't go anywhere. And by the same vein, I'm saying, in making sure that you cover the distance, You need to understand how to allocate money for your expenses, especially on a monthly basis, because there never seems to be enough for savings and for future funds. That's the reality of life. There never seems to be enough. You earn 500 and it comes so tough for you to put away 100, not to talk of 200. 50 might be tough to some people, at least 10% being put away for the rainy day. It is very tough and difficult. I understand, but it takes the wheel. If that is not done, there are different dimensions that come through. There's one I talked about, the vicious cycle of poverty. I went through that in very explicit terms. I also gave a good picture of a financially unstable situation. And finally, I did give a sense of a financially stable situation. Those three situations account for different types of processes, processes that lead to financial instability, processes that lead to vicious cycle of poverty. There's also a method to actualizing a financially stable life. And I did say to you that there are levels of these supposed financial stability syndromes. There's what you call an emergency situation. There is what you call a bad situation. There's what you call a good situation. And there's financial independence. Within the ambits of the emergency situation, 
it means that your expenses are exceeding your income. Your salary will be within your income. Within the bad situation, it tells me that your expenses are at par with your income. It is a bad situation because, you know, kind of your expenses go south. Then you're going to have yourself in a very, very bad, bad situation, which I call emergency. There's a good situation, which is temporal. That's where you have your expenses just touring under your income. It's a good situation, but it could be temporary if it's not sustainable. But when you have financial independence, it means that you have been able to put your expenses below your asset or income line. And that in itself gives you some level of uh, granularity in terms of how you survive the torrents of life. But it starts by you actually appreciating and analyzing your current status. And I did talk about the expense tracker here, which some of us have indicated that we do want me to send it across. That's what I alluded to at the beginning of this. Um, I was gifted many years ago, probably over two and a half decades, quite a long time, probably 20 to 25 years ago. I was given by a friend of mine who happened to be a Southern African, that's expense tracker. He put it up himself and he just gifted me and I've since used it for a bit. But it's something I know that can help you as an individual and also help your business in a way in managing your expenses and also tracking it. Just like I said before, if you are interested, you need to send me a note. That email has to be very clear, very succinct speaking to the situation you find yourself, how you expect this tracker to support and help you, and then we'll collate all of this and then share the opportunity. At some point, each and every one of you will have a privileged time that we can sit together in a little lifeboat and talk to ourselves, and that may come by way of a virtual meeting. So if you're interested, I'm just going to push this through just for the next couple of episodes and then we'll close the door. So in analyzing your current status, you need to appreciate your financial position, put it in another way, your net worth. You need to go through the expense tracker and you need to identify where you have spending leaks. Leakages create waste and leakages create you know, a lot of pressure because you have not seen what you need to see and the need to rectify them makes a difference. It is at this juncture that you understand how to use your budget to guide and control your expenditure. What it means inadvertently is that you need to set up financial goals and identify a plan of achieving them. And so in making that a reality, you need to have you know, a statement of your financial position which is what I call AKA personal balance sheet. And there you have your personal use assets, your financial assets, your invested assets. And on the other side of the fence, you have your liabilities, which will speak to ultimately your net worth. And you must understand one thing, friends. Your net worth should ideally be 10% you know, annual income multiplied by your current age. So if you're earning 5,000 Naira, per annum, which is absolutely impossible, okay? Multiply that by your current age. If you're earning 5 million per annum, multiply that by your current age. And they take 10% of that should be what your net worth should be sitting around. And it's a good balance of your total assets less your liabilities. So if you're not in that shadow, it's, it's more or less, um, how do I put this? It's a benchmark. It just helps you determine where you sit in the entire spectrum. But then I came to the picture where we ended last edition with the financial blueprint. I called it the financial freedom blueprint. And I talked about the fact that there are four quadrants. So if you have a major box that you can draw for me, take a plain sheet of paper or your note, notepad or your parchment and just draw a box, a big box, and put a cross in between. To the left, upper left of it, if you put the expenses, 
slash border jet analysis and place the figure 60%, come to the lower quadrant and give me a header that says savings. I said, on the savings platform, you can have two different columns, one for the rainy day and one for borrowing. The total figure I requested that you put in there will be 20%. Your upper right, you can serve a header called long-term investments, put in 20%. This will cover investment plans and all the things that you do, Isuzu investment clubs, etc., etc. Then the lower bottom right, you have the header protection. That's where you have, whether it's uh, your NHIF, your welfare funding, all the things that I've found regulatory-wise that will go there, your pensions, et cetera, et cetera. They sit there for your protection. But it's important that we get it right. And in getting it right, here's what we're looking at. And I want you to do this uh, simple diagram. Just help me by drawing a triangle. And as you draw the triangle, I want you to put in two lines in between such that you will have three different portions or segments within this triangle. The base of that triangle will be what I call protect. Just put in a header in that base triangle, the word protect. This is a place where you will have your peace of mind. If you want to have guaranteed peace of mind, then this bottom of the pyramid needs to be protected. What do I mean? I'm just going to give you some examples of things and items that will help you protect the bottom of the pyramid and ultimately result in you having what I call the peace of mind. Number one, family health. You need to protect family health. You need to protect yourself against an early death. You need to protect yourself from disability, one form or the other. It's not just physical disability. The minute you are not able to do anything, you are disabled. If you are meant to go on a course that will further your studies or that would further help enhance your value, your economic value, and for some reason the source of that fund that will enable that act doesn't come to pass, you will become disabled. That means that particular exercise cannot continue. There won't be a willingness to pay, but the ability to pay will be bankrupted. So there are other things you need to also protect. And to make that happen, you need to have some contingency fund. Contingency fund here would always arise when you save appropriately. Then in order to sit in that quadrant and have a peace of mind, you need to pay off debts. Friends, this is one thing that has helped me so very much. Now I can tell you today, by the grace of God, I do not in any way have any direct level of indebtedness. What do I mean? The only set of debts which I will call classify as debt would be my credit card. That's all. My credit cards, that will be the debt I carry. But I'll tell you that if in the last 20 years, the same amount, I have not increased the amount of my credit card in 20 years. It's the same amount. And there are two different entities, two of the banks that are running it. I can tell you one is Access and the other is Standard Chartered. The same amount it's been for 20 years. I have not touched, I have not increased it by one naira. Now, imagine if I'm still carrying the same level in 20 years. What does that tell you? It tells you that probably at the beginning, it looks so humongous. But today's reckoning, that amount isn't so great. But it's managing myself within a space of contentment. Many people are not content. And so they pile debt. They keep piling. Now, there is nothing wrong with going to a loan, get a loan from a bank or to facilitate something. But the question is, what are you using the loan for? So if you can't pay off your debts, there's no way you can have a peace of mind. The slightest knock around you, you are jumping all over the place. Another item that is critical 
to grant you a peace of mind is your children's education. Don't toy with it. Don't joke with it. Make sure you classify yourself in a space when the bell rings, your child is walking through to get into class. Don't get yourself in a place when the bell rings, your child is being sent home when school has just started. That will not give you a peace of mind. What it means is you're going to find yourself in an uncanny space. That act alone could impact on your family. When I talked about family health, family health is not just about health per se, body health. There's spiritual health. There's mental health. Your spouse and yourself cannot say you have a healthy marriage when your children are being sent home every day. So you start by planning. There are very many men and women and parents that just take this for granted. They mouth it, but they don't do it. When the time comes, it becomes a promissory note. Don't make your children's education a promissory note. In like manner, for you to have a peace of mind, start thinking about a retirement. I know it's a crazy thing to do, but I gave you my example. That at the age of 35, when I was at Kenya, I went on international assignment that I met um, a presentation that was done to us as staff of Coca-Cola Africa then. I joined. I put in a 20-year plan to serve and put some stuff in place. Yes, we got hit by the 2000s, um, when in 2008 and all of that, the global recession and what have you. But I can tell you that it was, it was great that I did because I didn't lose out at the end of the day, way back then. But retirement is real. You're going to retire at some point. Plan for it. Start thinking about it for the peace of mind. Today, you work for a company. If you have a place you're working and you are not concerned about pension, then it means you're not careful. You're not thinking of your retirement. By the grace of God, today, I said it in the last edition, I do get my pension month on month. Today, as I speak to you, it has been credited to my account. I woke up this morning and I saw my pension phone administrator had sent in my, my um, pension for the month. Yes, it's there. But you know what? This is a fruit of the seed that got planted over 30 years ago, consistently, before the government even decided to make it an act of law. So that every employer must, an employee, must take a certain amount, a certain percentage, and plug it in and save for that future. But many of you jump into the employer's den and your employers don't even think about that for you and you don't even like your employers to take out such an amount that if they even remit it to the pension fund administrators. That's why Pencom is having issues everywhere, starting even from the government. People just take retirement with a pinch of salt. But trust me, except you don't want to age, except you don't want to grow, Someday will be retirement day. Another thing you need to do is to acquire assets, but you need to protect the acquired assets. Many of us don't believe in insurance. I'm not saying that um, I'm holding brief for insurance companies, but it's important if you want peace of mind, why don't you insure, acquire the assets, but insure them? Now it's going to be huge. It may be huge. I'm sitting here, come July, I'm going to have to dole out a huge sum as premium to cover the assets that I have, the house I live in, and one or two other assets. Yes, even the things in the house. So God forbid anything happens, there's some way that you can sit back and say, hey, this is going to happen. Or is it the car that I drive? Or is it the car that my wife drives? Those assets need to be insured. Yes, they are. But do we do, what do we do? We look at it and say, uh, nothing good, do I beg? Then something happens. You don't have peace of mind. So getting it right is very, very essential. So friends, what I'm saying to you, if you're just joining, I asked folks to draw a big triangle and to put in two lines and the base of that triangle where you have the biggest shape and the biggest space, I said, put a word there and title it protect. 
and I've just reeled out some things that you need to protect, starting from your family health, to your children's education, to your retirement, and even the assets that you acquire. Only, and if, and only if you want to have a peace of mind. There's nothing like a peace of mind, friends. This is your business school on radio. It's practicality. That's why I spent quality time to break this down. And I'm hoping that it's making sense to you. I'm hoping that you will take this as a sign of the moment and begin to get a responsible part of you done. You can blame everybody in the world. You can blame your employer. You can blame the government. You can blame your family. You can blame the environment. Do all you can. But the day you live in denial and do not do the needful by protecting the ecosystem, even your estate will be in trouble. So protection is key. Thank God for God Almighty. God speaks God, speaks no other language. I know God. I have a taste of God because I live in him. I move in him and have my being in him. But I will not take that for granted and not do what I would do because I know that faith without works is dead. This is the time we need to walk, walk to protect that which you have been given. But many of us sit on that pace of laziness and saying, God will do everything for you. God will not come down to insure your car. You will buy it, and by his grace, it will protect you. But if you drink and drive, you're on your own. Later on, you'll tell me if you have peace of mind. God forbid that you have pieces of the mind because it will be in different places. There are too many people that are walking now. Their minds are in different pieces. There's not one piece. But one piece guarantees good protection. So I spent quality time on this base because I'm going to move to the next space, which I would like you to title as savings and accumulation. You know, the bedrock or the bottom of that pyramid called protection, something must be sitting on top of it. To make all of those things I talked about happen, it means that you need short-term comfortability. And what is going to bring it? What gives you that sense of comfortability? What gives you um, the sense of, you know, in that short term, that you're comfortable within the spheres I mentioned? What also tells you about the midterm? The midterm under the savings and accumulation is that you not only share in comfortability, which is the short term, during the, as the midterm goes, there's something called credit worthiness. You're credit worthy. You have a reputation because people can find that, yes, I can entrust myself, my life, my business. I can work with this person or I can be a part of his life. And then in a long-term fashion, you find that your investments will actually grow. You need to cushion your investments buffer. So in accumulating wealth, you need to have a short-term perspective, a mid-term and a long-term. In order for you to protect and have a peace of mind, it's important that there's comfort, there's reputation, credit worthiness, and there's room for you to cushion your investments and to put a buffer on it. The third part, which is now like the top of the, the pinnacle of this triangle, is what I call investment slash distribution. You need to embark on very solid investments. You can't afford to move from passive you can't stay at being passive, I beg your pardon. It's active, active, active. Active to passive means that you started and at some point the steam will go off, but please embark on some solid investments. That is what will make the entire triangle stand well. It's important that we get this right. And so what are some of these things that will enhance it? Let me try to give you some thoughts of mine on how this may go. And it's left to you to act on it. Again, like I said from the beginning and in the course of this, 
I have no brief from any. At least you can hear that there isn't any insurance companies sponsoring this program. Um, Navigate with ID. Thank you. Sincere thanks to our partners who continually, you know, put some support in it, like um, MTN Wema. But I'm saying that this is not as a result of a brief. It's a business school, and we need to school ourselves well so that we live well, we become productive, and ultimately our society gets the better for it. The reason why we are having issues all over, especially in our country, is that the family line has been totally destroyed and mutilated. It's like family life and family values don't exist again. And so we are suffering the causes and fundamental issues that arise from the family setting and the family line being decimated gradually. That's why we see some things happen around us because it's all is not well with the family. So if I look at the base of what I said, you must ensure we get right where we protect for us to have a peace of mind. Family health is the first one that hit me. And when we come back on the second half, we'll start looking at family health and we'll look at family security and what do you and I need to do and focus on so we can have a peace of mind. Friends, don't go away. We'll be right back. And I hope you're finding this quite interesting. And I hope at the end that you will be able to get up and do something rather than being passive to become active. See you very soon. Don't go away. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends. It's Navigate with ID and Ang, and uh, such an honor and privilege to be here. Just in case you're just tuning in and uh, be wondering, what is this all about? It's, um, it's a business school on radio, and yours truly, I have the privilege of sharing with you and also learning from you. We've been looking at personal financial planning, and it's been the topic for a couple of episodes. And as we begin to wind down, it's important that we, as a people, uh, understand the very necessities we need to put in place to make life worth our living. During the first half of the program, I did talk about bringing to life the financial blueprint that we talked about. We had a financial freedom blueprint where I, I put out four different quadrants. The first quadrant had to do with the budget analysis, where your expenses you know, will hit about 60%, looking at your total port of income. And then you have savings will be about 20%, and then putting away about 20% for long-term investments, and also ensuring that the protection factor sits that you need to have to protect you and to keep you into the future. In ensuring that we get this right, I did talk about moving in within that real base of protection, what we need to protect, that segment, that space. I talked about family health, very critical. And the fact that for you to have a peace of mind and not to have an early death, you need to do certain things. Also need to cushion yourself against any form of disability. Not talking about physical disability, no. I'm talking about the, your innate inability to do anything has made you disabled. Contingency funding is very key. Ensuring that you pay off your debts. It's not bad to take loans. It's not bad to go into having a debt profile, but you need to pay off your debts. If you don't pay, when you don't pay, you can have a peace of mind. I talked about children's education. I talked about the retirement. And I talked about assets and said to you, listen, it's enough to acquire these assets, but you need to protect them. And what's the best way? Insure them. So that was more or less um, a summary of what we talked about in the first half. And here, I'd like to open the vista with this half by looking at family security. I know that, you know, it's a very tough one when you talk about family security. The very first thing that I'll put on the table here is about health insurance. We've gone to a state where um, you can basically get a package that will serve you regardless of, you know, where you sit within the spectrum of the income or socioeconomic classes. 
I know that, for instance, the state government has a very healthy package that allows the minimum health cover for people to get basic health you know, uh, treatment whenever they fall ill. But the question is, do people see that as family security? The answer is no. They give reasons why they will not, and they cannot and will not. It is a combination of can't do and won't do. Why can't you? Because you don't have the human skill to know that without you putting something away, you cannot be guaranteed safety. But the attitude comes, I won't do it. Why would you say you won't? Because you blame it on someone rather than yourself to say, hey, I have a family of four. So how come your family members are not undergoing or you know, put into the basic health insurance that you have, even that provided by the state? So health insurance is key. If you don't have it, go get it. So that when you fall ill or any member of your family falls ill, they can have some form of treatment. Now, I'm not talking about the major, major big ticket items. As you pull on, on the journey of life, something, things happen. Happy are you that work for a certain entity and then they have that insurance cover. There are very many people that, while they are working, they have this health insurance and they are happy. But the minute they step out, they forget it. Now, you can also decide that, hey, I want to be a working and a pay across the counter, pay for a service. It's okay. It's an option. I did that for a while. Yes, I did have my health insurance cover. But at some point, you know, when I actually said to my members of my, um, my staff, I said to them, hey, I've signed up something with, uh, with our medical um, partners. And you can walk in there with any member of your family. So I don't need to go take health insurance for us as a team. But if you are sick, just walk in there. Go there. They'll treat you and the bill comes and we pay. Now, over time, we decided, okay, let's go health insurance route so that we can take care of the extended family, which is very key. I'm saying this to you in a practical sense that for you to drive family security, you need health insurance. And for those of you that are in some form of work or the other, if your employer has not taken on an accident or disability insurance, it's important that you do that. You can do it for yourself because anything can happen. If you're a driver, you need to look for a way to put that insurance in place. Um, and the premium is just going to be quite infinitesimal, but we look at it as huge. But it helps you. Should anything happen to you, the monkey goes on someone else's back. But if you don't have it, there's no way you're securing your family. If you're taking on a job that is risky, and that job, yes, there's workers' compensation, but not every company is really doing that. Not many. Gone are the days when it used to be a very, very compulsory part. And the days when uh, unionism was strong. Not these days again. Unionism is so watery because even the union executives do not even understand while they are doing Aluta. They are doing Aluta for their own, not with a common purpose. As I talk about family security, I'm asking you to look for an opportunity to take on the adequate life insurance that can be, you know, readjustable. Life insurance abounds in different ways, different dimensions. You go back to your alumni association, secondary, high school, university. Very many alumni associations are taking on life insurance for their members. So what stops you from being a part of each and every one? It may just be for you and your spouse. I'm aware, you know, we have that with Baptist Academy Old Students Association. We also have that with my FSS Undo. We have that with my uh, FSS Undo Old Students Association. I'm telling you because it's happening. It's real time. So between you and other bodies, you come together and then for a year, you pay ten to 15000 And if you add your spouse, that makes it twenty to thirty. Isn't that something you can pay in a year just in case anything happens? At least your family will not have to run Kitty Kata and Kata Kitty. There's something that you put in there. It's all part of planning. 
nobody's saying that you're going to die. No, it's planning. Do you know when you will go? Nobody knows. But this is about family security. Save your family from stress. I have mine running and I have in every single life insurance policy that I have, I always take on for my spouse too. So I'm not telling you what I'm not doing. I'm not telling you to do what I am not equally involved in. The last one is the funeral expense insurance. I'll be honest, that one I have not done, but I see a lot of people do it and it's good. What it tells you is when that time comes, all the expenses are borne by the, you know, the insurance company because you've taken on that package. The only place I've, you know, considered and discussed this is really from my aged parents. But the reality is that the premium, as you would know, would definitely be high, but you need to manage it because you're looking at family security. What is the other place that guarantees family security? Getting a good job, putting yourself to work to get an income. Family security cannot come through when the main purveyors of family are not engaged. If you're not engaged, if you are disengaged, meaning that you're not having an inflow, then you're waiting consciously for the day that you put your people at risk. That is what I call the beginning of the vicious cycle of poverty. And it does happen. It looms. It's in our kitty. We see it every day. Low or no income level. That will bring about a low or no savings culture. There will be no returns. The standard of living will be very poor or low. In some cases, people have an early death for no reason. Friends, family security is very key. Family health is very key. Without the major purveyors doing what they should do, family health cannot be secure. And if it is not secure, the society cannot be secure. And if the society is not secure, the nation cannot be secure. So you see how important family is to the entire ecosystem. Our survival as a nation sits on strong families, not strong individuals. And that's the mistake we are making. As we fight insecurity, everybody thinks about, oh, it's about guns, about kidnapping. No. Is a failure of the family system, securing it, that has put us where we are. There is no way under the sun, if families are secure, by doing everything they need to do to ensure that the health is sure, that you will have this level of insecurity. Within the ambits of family security is food. There are families that are today struggling to be able to just to have a meal. Whilst you can look at it and say, oh, the government is not helping. I don't want to talk about government because it's for the people, by the people, and of the people. That's what government is. It's you and I. We are in the space now where we are about to elect leaders. And that's why our supposed political leaders know what they're doing. They snuff the life out of education, letting people be in our way so they remain dumb so that they continue to feed them every four years or intermittently give them something for their stomach. And human nature, man will always gravitate to where he gets food. That will secure his family. But does that make his family healthy in the long run? The answer is no. So we need to start equipping ourselves. We need to look at how we want to bring the family structure back to a point of good health. I have a few examples of what we can do. Number one, if you know that you are well-to-do, look for someone to support education-wise. I've said it before. Just support someone. Support another family. Adopt one of their children and support that child to go through secondary, to go through the university, if you can afford it. It is only a stable man that can have a stable mind to keep a stable future. That one family that you've helped them put someone on the, 
on the path of knowledge. That boy or girl or lady or gentleman that you have supported will turn around to become some cushion for that family. That is how we secure ourselves. We need to become learned and well-versed in being our brother's keeper. In the days of old, you couldn't hear where brothers, sisters within the same family will walk away from themselves. They will have their feuds, they will have their issues. But this day, it has become so very bad and poor that the supposed rich are in total tatters because upon the death of the major breadwinner, everything goes into tatters. Family security goes into tatters. That's what it is, friends. Family security, family health, very key. Now, the big question you will ask me as a second thing that we must do, how do we fix it? I believe we can start what I call an emergency fund, especially for those of you that are working. And it's coming from what I've been teaching in the last couple of episodes. I need you to establish your monthly expenses. And this emergency fund, I want you to understand if you can help me build it to be equal to three months expenses for a start and then six months in the medium term, I would very much you know, salute you and clap for you because you'll be running into a space where ultimately you will have an emergency fund that is about nine months to a year of your expenses. How do I know it will work? It worked because it happened to me. I resigned from Samsung Electronics as managing director in 2012, specifically May 12th, three days ago, 12, how many years ago? Um, 2012, so this will be about 10 years ago. I was managing director of Samsung. I was well paid. I was doing well. But friends, I got to the point where I said to myself, I needed to take a break. I couldn't take that break. And if you're listening to me, you can go to the records and check. By the grace of God, I coveted no man's gold. I coveted no man's silver. I was and I am what I am by the grace of God. Let me tell you what I did. I called a meeting of all my staff into the meeting room. And I started from the CFO to each of my direct reports. And I asked them openly, especially the CFO, am I owing the company in any way? Has any investigation been taken upon me in any way? And I went around the entire room. I have pictures of that day. They didn't know where I was going. And I asked the CFO, at any point in time as managing director of this company, not retired my expenses or come back from a trip and not retire in 48 hours? He said, no. Have I ever put my hands into anything that is uncanny that I've had to be investigated? He said, no. And I went around the room, including my personal assistant, Cynthia Akinabo, to my peer. And I said, everyone will speak. And I asked everyone that they had an opportunity to speak because I would not hold it against anyone. This was my open court, bringing myself to it. By the way, it wasn't the first time. I did the same when I was leaving Cadbury as commercial director. I did the same when I left Samsung. I even joined L'Oreal. When I was leaving L'Oreal, when I was leaving L'Oreal in 2015, I did the same thing. So what I'm telling you is not, I'm not taking it off any exercise book, but I know this is what I found as a way to live and a way to live healthy. If you don't have an emergency fund, you can't make such a bold move. You can't walk away when you feel like you're not happy. I walked away. But you know what? May 12th, I walked away. Did I have another job? No. Did I have anywhere to go? No. Did I have somebody waiting for me in the flanks? No. I left that job. And one year after was when, after several pleas and different dimensions, including my wife asking me, you need to go back. I said, what am I going back to do with corporate? And so in 2013, I joined L'Oreal one year after. Now you ask me, what exactly kept me for one year? It was the grace of God. God gave me life. But I want to tell you, I had an emergency fund. I'd been putting away 
enough to cover my expenses. I could cover my expenses for very comfortably for 12 to 15 months. One of the things I used to say to my guys then was, if in 12 to 15 months, I cannot get another job, then something is wrong with me fundamentally. It means I am not capable. It means I lack capacity. And it means my content is weak. If those three C's are not present in your life, you will be a pawn on the chessboard. You will never be able to take decisions when the time is right. And so that's why I make it a duty to enhance my content, to make sure that my capability is very clear by reason of my competency, not at anybody's beck and call. But I need to demonstrate capacity. So, friends, this is a call to order. I'm going to emphasize this over and over. You need to start putting together an emergency fund. It will mean cutting off certain things that you do. Many of us are just sitting there being who we are not. Why must you live a life that is not yours? Cut back on your expenses. There are certain things you don't need. If I say to people today, whenever I say it, they don't believe me. I don't have any car written with my name on the vehicle license. I don't. But do I drive a car? Yes. How? You will find out when you come close. Why must I wake up and go and buy a car that will cost 30 million? Why? Because I want to show that I'm a big boy. Which big? Where? My mother is still alive in the village. My father is still alive in the village. What big boy am I? I'm just a child. I'm still growing. If you know me so well, I keep telling people I'm still growing. When they say, how are you? I say, I'm still growing. The day I stop growing is the day I go down six feet. But even when I go down six feet, whenever the Lord pleases, my legacy should speak for me. The legacy I want to leave is that which I know that I came, I saw, and I made better. So if you don't have an emergency fund, then you have no right to think about family health. If you don't have an emergency fund, you are paving the way for an early death because it will catch you. If you don't have an emergency fund, you cannot bring your dreams to come to pass. I'm talking to those that are in paid employment. And even if you are about to get a job, start now. You are better off because you're hearing this. For those of you that are about to take the first paycheck, start thinking and putting that away because it will make your life better. You'll have peace of mind. There's nothing as good as having an emergency fund. You can call it contingency fund, whatever it is. But I'm saying to you, it starts by you growing. What is your expense in a month? If you're a lady, what does it take? to take care of yourself, to make your hair? What does it take for you to eat? What does it take appropriating your rent monthly? So take that expense. What does it take for you to transport yourself? What does it take for you to fuel your car? What does it take if you decide to get higher purchase or you, you balize yourself or bolt yourself to work and back? Once upon a time, I used to tell one of my smaller bureaus, she was always taking bolt every day, back and forth, morning, back to work, go to work, back. I said, listen, go sit down with a bank, with your bank, and tell them to give you a lease. I mean, the amount of buy a car. You get a car, the amount you're spending on this bolt is not sustainable. You would see that this amount can actually go in and help you secure a car that becomes your own after four years. It's a lease. And if you opt for it, you take it. But are you thinking that way to manage your expenses? Or you just feel that, oh, at this rate, I'm too big to enter a bus. I still remember that I still had to enter a bus, even when I started working. But God helped me. There's always a starting point, but nobody knows the finishing point. But you can determine it. You can see yourself. So this fund should be equal to three months expense for a start. So if you take one month, if, for instance, it takes you about 50000 as your monthly expenses, as an example, for a start, 
your emergency fund should begin to build it so you can get 150,000, put it, then you move to six months, then you move to nine. Then as you are promoted, your emergency fund should be growing. As your income, the side hustle should go into an emergency fund. If your company is already embedded in paying your pension and you have your contribution, then go to your pension fund administrator and put some things there. Just on the side, you are allowed by law to save something on the side. They'll take it and they'll push it in there for you. It will grow. That's what I'm enjoying today. When I tell you I'm waiting, I get my pension. Paul is a fantastic partner. They've been there with me. What I get as my pension, at least by the grace of God, will keep taking me on. The next 10 years, by his grace, added to my, to my age, I say, Lord, thank you. By his grace, I will outrun. I will outlive. This month is my birth month. Children's Day is my birthday, 27th of May. I was born 27th of May, 1966. Um, my son always tells me, Dad, you're not a spring chicken, so stop you know, um, skipping like you are, you are a 30-year-old. I told him, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. But if you don't want age to advise you, the times will advise you. So what do you need to do? I want you to go and create an account. Create an account for it and apply what I call the 40-60 rule. Remember, the 40-60 rule is premised on what I taught you when I talked about having budget analysis and expenses. Make sure 60% goes here. Make sure 20% goes into your savings. And then there are 20% goes into your long-term investment. Your 20 plus 20 gives you the 40 and your 60 stands. When you remove some leakages from your expenses and your expenses are coming down, if it increases beyond 60% of what, you, what your inflow is income, then you are in trouble. You are moving into an emergency situation. You're moving into a bad situation. But it's good to be in a good place. It's good to be financially independent. But you must then do something. Life comes with all manner of stuff. We'll throw stuff at you. But you must define what an emergency is and what an emergency is not. Many of us create emergencies because they throw them at us. People, family, throw emergencies at us. And we respond with all our lifelong savings. And later on, we go back to ground zero. Friends, I'll be back on Thursday. I'm going to open this conversation again because yesterday ended last night. You have to be stronger, better, and ready to be productive, to help yourself, to help your family, to help this nation. That's what will make us true ambassadors. That's what is going to make us sit back and say, Christ in us is a hope of glory. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a question, uh, do send a mail to contact at navigatewithid.com. You can follow me on the social media platforms. My handle is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. Thank you so much. God bless you. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.